Hello, welcome to a spooky nighttime edition of the Raging Robot Partycast. Uh, we'll just go ahead and show our balls right now. <laughs> we suddenly lost power uh, during the recording of this episode and lost a really good in-progress episode. So we're going to cut the preamble and get right into it. Um, in the early recording, we did try something live on the air. It was called Wild Tonic. And we both came to the conclusion that it was pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> things better considered. than that. Uh, kombucha? Yeah. Because we decided to celebrate counterculture today. We're talking about the Crow franchise. Yeah. Um, and it was real good in the first recording. So, The Crow was one of my favorite movies growing up. Um, it did have a lot of a spooky aura around it due to the untimely loss of Brandon Lee during recording. Um, of course, you know, that is Bruce Lee's son, who also famously died under unusual circumstances, it seems. Um, it did happen, uh, during a scene, the scene where he wanders into the apartment. Uh, there was a, basically a for show, like cosmetic bullet round, um, in the gun that was fired and it was supposed to have been removed. So when the actor, uh, David Patrick Kelly fired the blank, it did unfortunately dislodge that into Brandon Lee's chest and he was lost. Uh, we do miss him because, um, as Ron was saying earlier, uh, which you guys unfortunately didn't hear. <laughs> uh, I was just saying that this is a heck of a performance and kind yes. of sort of a coming out. And you could see it in this performance that this was something special and that, yeah, we lost someone in something special. You were going to be a goth darling of the 90s and celebrate it like still was yeah you still were and still are <laughs> celebrated but yeah like the death itself was tragic and but if you've never seen it as just to kind of recap what i said earlier if you've never seen it the accident was tragic but there's always kind of sort of been this extra tragedy stuck on top of it and that is the reason why is he does such a good performance in this that we lost something special that day yeah yeah um it is the perfect time of year to watch it. Um, if you're hearing this within, it'll be either the week before Halloween or the week of Halloween. And the movie takes place during Halloween. So. <laughs> during Hell Night. Uh, it is on US Netflix right now. Yeah. Because I, I just watched it for the first time today. I was telling Josh, I really like it. It's very visualized or very stylized. You can tell they definitely have a vision that they're going for and they manage to pull it off. They definitely do. Um, it is not necessarily a perfect film. It does have flaws, but I'm of the belief that it's not necessarily of the production's fault. Uh, I think they did the best with the situation that they were unfortunately dealt um, due to the loss of their primary actor in it. Yeah. Um, apparently there were like spontaneous fires that occurred on set as well, which is really weird. <laughs> um, but yeah, it is... It's a weirdly romantic movie. It's a really, like, it grabs at your heartstrings. It's a very violent movie, too. It is. It is a R. And it's watch a hard it, R. Yeah. Well, that sort of thing is the first 15 minutes, you don't see it. Because mm -mm. Netflix, I guess, now has a new thing, like, when it's a hard R that it pops up. It is rated R for drugs, uh, violence, and language, and some <laughs> sexual suggestions, which there's not really some, but... Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, like, it pops up for 10 seconds there, and it's shown. 
And so I'm sitting here watching for like the first 15 minutes going, I'm not seeing anything. Maybe they just accidentally use the F word more than twice, which they do, but that's not why it's <laughs> rated R. There are other things in that film that caused it to get a rated R. Oh, yeah. Uh, very gory. Um, well, strong language all around. It was the 90s. It was the style of the time and has been since forever. <laughs> As you were saying, uh, this is one of the quintessential 90s dark movies where uh, it does it better than almost 98% of them. You know, the only time you're really seeing color is... Like red when it's like yeah. blood or the police siren flashing. Yeah, all the police lights were red in the film. Uh, there was no blue used on them. I think the cars themselves were blue, maybe. Yeah, maybe. But they may have just been gray. <laughs> um, it's been a minute since I've seen it, but I think they might just straight up be flat gray. Anyway, um, we were talking before. Uh, there are some fun idiosyncrasies in it, like how... Uh, Tintin, the knife fighter of the gang that Top Dollar has, says, these are my friends and we never miss. And then he immediately misses throwing the first knife at Eric. Yeah. And that was, I expected Tintin to have more of a reaction, yeah. <laughs> but he doesn't, uh, like, cause I was expecting him to have, yeah, kind of sort of the Colin Fur bullseye. Oh my gosh. How do you make me miss? I've never missed before type thing or freak out, I but mean, no. I, I would say also, keep knifing. yeah, <laughs> I do like how Tintin's first reaction and every single first reaction of every single character is just to go get the frick out of here, you crackhead. Yeah. <laughs> Halloween's not till tomorrow because this takes place in Hell Night. Yeah. Um, we were talking before about the, uh, wow, I've completely lost my train of thought. Please continue. <laughs> <laughs> No, like we said, we were talking, we talked about different things. Uh, very stylized, a lot of cool scenes in there. Uh, the killing of T-Bird, which is him blowing him up in a car. Yes. Is really cool. You know uh, what kind of car you drove? Thunderbird. Yes. With an engine sticking out. <laughs> a souped up Thunderbird that I guess has like an under key ignition. When he sticks the key in, he doesn't like stick it into the ignition. He like reaches up underneath the dashboard oh, yeah. or something and to turn it could have been like, like that back then or it could have been yeah it, it was definitely because uh, it was stolen <laughs> it was stolen but it was also uh souped up and that may yeah. also be why because obviously they had the engine block sticking out which i don't think is a major part of any thunderbird but uh other than another cool scene uh him sitting there basically as josh was saying playing the funeral song for the people he's about to kill because yeah. he just goes up to the roof and just shreds and shreds <laughs> on top of the roof of a burnt-down apartment building. I would say that's overall, like, of the scenes that stick out in my head, other than the one where he um, takes lighter fluid and makes a big old crow on the ground and sets it on fire, uh, the one where he just shreds on the rooftop for, like, a solid minute is probably the one that just sticks out the most. <laughs> that and, of course, the um, pre-climactic battle. Yeah. <laughs> where, they, where he raids the penthouse meeting. In his defense, that was in the comics. That's a climactic. That is a climactic battle ending, but that's a different yeah. thing. They go out onto the roof in the movie version, and he kills them with his memories. <laughs> yeah, uh, we talked about how in the comics, uh, 
the writer had just gone through a very tragic death himself with his uh, one of uh, his girlfriend being killed by a drunk driver. You're thinking. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what happened to James Obar's girlfriend was yeah. a drunk driving incident. And so the comic is a very straightforward, straight shot. This is, he comes back to life, he kills all the characters, and he goes back to his grave. Yeah. And so the added extra of Bai Ling and the added extra magic that they do with smoking eyeballs, I guess. Yeah, you know. Something that apparently you can do to gain power. Gotta smoke some eyeballs sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> but, again, there are a lot of cool things in this that you get a chance to see. A lot of a lot of stuff that you're just kind of saying, they go, yeah, when they finally do it and when yes. it finally happens. Uh, <laughs> There's a lot of those moments. <laughs> uh, him burning down a pawn shop by... Loading a shotgun full of wedding rings and then yep. just pulling the trigger after dumping like <laughs> half a gallon of gasoline, if that, inside the pawn shop. Is that gasoline they, I smell? Uh, what is it that the pawn shop guy keeps saying? Oh, uh. Shit on me, shit yes. on me, shit on me. And I'm like, okay. I imagine like. Oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, but he's not saying oh shit, it is literally shit on me, shit on me, shit on me, shit on me. And I'm like Yeah. It almost are... feels like a movie where Brandon Lee, like it if, if this were made it a little bit later where alright, and just would have like thrown him in like a pile of manure or something. Yeah, he's a real creep. Uh, apparently he sells more than things he shouldn't be selling at a pawn shop. In yeah, one of those lines. Um, so, good thing he got burned up, although he lived. <laughs> yeah. Not for long, though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the bad guy keeps around just because a thing of medieval artillery. Yeah, he's got a big old armory of just swords, and I think there was a Morningstar in there. <laughs> yeah. They only yank out the swords, though, unfortunately. But yeah, I believe Top Dollar just has a katana because he's a weeb. <laughs> Well, it seems to be like, as I said, there's a weird through line with eye magic, and so it seems to be that they cut out the eyes. Yeah, you know, good old Chinese eye magic. Yeah. <laughs> That's in there. And so they're able to make a more complete story than the comic by adding yeah. the magic in and by giving him a major thing, because Top Dollar dies second in the comic book. And oh, that's right. He does nothing. Like, he's just shot. His death is no more dramatic than anyone else's. Yeah. And it's extremely dramatic in the movie. Yeah. He gets straight up Mortal Kombat fatality. <laughs> Which is another cool little... Like, he falls on top of a spikes of a church yeah, gargoyle. It's like a gargoyle or a weather like, vane. Uh, yeah. Rain is coming out, because it always rains around the crow, I guess. Which is another weird thing, is... He's like, it doesn't always have to... He, it's a big line in this scene and big thing is it doesn't always have to rain but can't then whenever he's time. yeah it can't <laughs> rain all the time it's a big line but then whenever he's around it's raining well you know eventually it stops yeah it does <laughs> uh, interesting that he's not just the spirit of vengeance I guess he is considered a 
angel of vengeance because yeah, he does it. help people in the film. I think he solidly counts as an angel yeah. <laughs> throughout his activities in the movie. <laughs> Chris Angel, mind freak. <laughs> but he definitely helps people. Uh, he helps a little friend of his that he... Uh, yeah, Sarah. Sarah. That they used to take care of. I guess Sarah in the comic is just someone he meets once he's a crow, but... Yeah. He saves his mom by getting all the morphine out of her veins and making her be a good mother. Yeah, and he befriends uh, Sergeant Albrecht, who tries to more or less help him throughout the movie because he thinks the case hasn't been looked at in the way it should have. Yeah, it feels like there's a drop storyline about the cops being corrupt and not looking into the case, but it's never brought up. There's just a protagonist cop that shows up and screams at him, leaves, shows up, screams at Ernie Hudson, because... We're saying this actually has quite a good list of uh, character actors. In yeah, it. Ernie it's... Hudson being the main one. Yeah, and he's really good in the movie. Like he's ex- extremely likable, and um, pretty much every scene between them is like just—it's really fun to watch. Yeah, <laughs> I like the one where he comes into his apartment. <laughs> yeah, and he gives him a beer. Yeah, <laughs> he gives him a Coors out of a really old 1990s bottle. And he's Tells him he should stop smoking because okay, yeah. they'll kill you. <laughs> Which comes back around, kind of. Yeah, he decides to quit at the end. And... So, you know, uh, Eric Draven, he uh, he dies, he comes back to life, he helps somebody get clean of morphine, he helps someone quit smoking, smoking yeah. and he kills an entire gang. <laughs> <laughs> yes, top dollars gang. He goes through one by one, he starts with Tintin, uh, then Pretty Boy, then T-Bird, only because it's uh, it's an inappropriate, like, pedophile or something. No. I don't think so. I think he just killed him because he was... Well, no, he killed him because he was at his uh, wife, but the name of the guy. Fun boy. Uh, Skank. Skank, yeah. yeah. Skank gets it last, which is kind of surprising because Skank... It's really weird that Skank ends up being more evil than you think he is, because it seems like Skank is just, uh, he's a speed freak, yeah. and that sort of thing is, he doesn't seem to be able to keep a straight thought. No. <laughs> and so, for Skank to be able to, like, pull off rape kind of felt like a weird thing, because it doesn't feel like something a speed freak would exactly necessarily, like, I feel like he would be jumping around, air poking him with knives or something, not necessarily competing in the rape, which he does. Maybe if we play this back and slow it down, it'll make sense. Yes. <laughs> it's just another good line of him talking out and freaking out. And but there's... witnesses a... uh, T-Bird getting blown the hell up. Yeah. A lot of good stylized, a lot of cool in the film. Are there any other major scenes that stick out to you? Uh, it is cool how... Um... His visit with Sergeant Albrecht like helps him, I guess, reconstruct. Unfortunately, the scene of everything that happened and the crime scene and all that. Yeah, which he later uses in the final battle. <laughs> and that's it's the biggest change from the comic, as I said, which is straight revenge. Is in the final battle they use magic and they figure out that the crow that flies around with him is his source of all power. Yeah, so they try to take it from him. Yeah, they try and kill it. And then it ends up pecking out Bai Ling's eyes, because irony. 
<laughs> Irony. And um, so, yeah, it's the thing that saves him in the very end is he's letting go of his grief and anger and puts it all into... Uh, and he gets to go be back with Shelly in the afterlife. Yeah. Um, our thoughts before on The Crow were real good, and unfortunately you didn't get to hear them. Yeah, that um, was a very condensed... A very cool soundtrack, as you were saying. Yes, it's got a banger of a soundtrack. Um, it was one of the early CDs I owned. <laughs> um, Nine Inch Nails, Stone Temple Pilots, uh, The Cure, Rollins Band, who sings a song about Ghost Rider, because close enough, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I was saying, it's cool to see The Cure on that CD being one of the big things in the 80s that kind of helped push up the gothic movement yeah. and help create it. Yeah, the comic version of Eric kind of looks like Robert Smith. Does he? <laughs> yeah, it's definitely got the hair. Um, and, or Rod Stewart. Someone yeah. put him next to a photo of a more muscular Rod Stewart, and you're like, I can kind of see it. <laughs> a little bit. Um, overall, yeah, it's one of the quintessential, if you want like a playlist of 90s movies, have that on there. Because it's a banger. <laughs> it is. Unfortunately, we do have to talk about some of the sequels, and perhaps this will start a theme on our show of things that shouldn't have been franchises. Yes. Um, starting with The Crow City of Angels, we're going to condense these real good because this is just going off of my memory at this point, and Ryan has not seen these, and yes. I said, please don't. <laughs> I've only watched the first one. So. so I'm just going to basically tell him some of them, and Ryan will react to them accordingly as he wishes. All right. So... The Crow City of Angels. Um, Sarah's there, and there is a character named Ash, and he and his son are killed by a Baker gang. That's no good. <laughs> so, if you've ever wanted to see Iggy Pop and the original Yellow Ranger on screen together, this is the only movie where you can do it. <laughs> I was about to say, isn't Iggy Pop like known as pretty much the only thing that that film is for? Yeah. Like, is it... <laughs> How does Iggy do? Is his performance worth it or no? Because that was the thing that kind of drew me to almost watch it was seeing Iggy's pop pop up on the, Iggy's name pop up on IMDb. It's well, <laughs> it's not a good movie. Um, the best scenes in it are when Ash is brought back to life because he was thrown like into a river or whatever. He like rises up out of the water and it's a real cool effect. Um, there is a scene where Ash like blows up some kind of warehouse thing and so the warehouse blows up so here's the warehouse as i'm laying out to ryan and then the adjacent power lines to the warehouse blow up i can see that transformers should blow sure yeah and then there's palm trees along the way and the tops of those blow up too <laughs> and i've never been able to figure out why that happened <laughs> It just, look, rarely the crow amplifies the power to be able to blow up telekinesis, man. He blew it up with his mind. It happens to the tune of White Zombie's cover of I'm Your Boogeyman. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I think it's Thuy Trang, the original Yellow Ranger from Power Rangers' last performance on screen because she dies in a car accident later. Yes, very tragically. Um, Again, the whole franchise, like all four are kind of semi-cursed, aren't they? Kind of cursed, yeah. Um, I think the only thing that's killed in three is maybe Eric Mavius's career. Um, 
because I know he was big at a time, and I can't think of anything he's been in recently, but I'm ready to be proven wrong. I'm sure his IMDb is probably fat. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, The Crow City of Angels. Don't see it. There's a video game. It's not good. Uh, I will say that they tried to kind of have the atmospheric things going on with the first one um, in that there's a lot of mood lighting and, like, fog and i'm pretty sure this is in a california setting so <laughs> i don't know why there's yellow and or red fog because there's two different cuts and one has yellow lighting and one has red lighting i, I don't mean, know why <laughs> is it san francisco because that would make sense yeah that would make sense i don't know if it is it seems like it's more dirty so i'm thinking like la or something <laughs> well modern san francisco well, city of angels where's that in california that's la Okay, so there you go. <laughs> Los Angeles is the city of the porcelain angels. Is the full name of it. So, but yeah. but say modern San Francisco. No, yeah, that that that's dirty. <laughs> but also, we were saying I didn't say it earlier, but uh, one of the other things that come out was the TV show. Yeah, which, Stairway to Heaven. Stairway to Heaven, which has a random connection to the Iron Chef. I didn't know this until Ryan told me. Yeah. <laughs> Mark Dacasas, the chairman from The Iron Chef, is the crow in that show. Yeah, he plays Eric. Yeah. Which, uh, that show basically disregards the plot of the original and makes it to where uh, Eric can return through the same window he was thrown out of on his death. Uh, use it as a portal, come back to life as is needed, apparently. He does live in the land of the dead, but comes back to help people for reasons i don't know it's kind of like the fall guy or the human target except it's with a dead guy and uh the only episode i remember to this day is one where he has to protect a motocross guy from a corrupt promoter <laughs> that's the only one i can ever remember <laughs> yeah um i faintly remember the intro and outro to it that's it um mark did a fine job as eric but obviously nobody can be brandon lee yeah. Um, so that's really all I got to say on the Crow City of Angels. Um, again, if you ever want to see palm trees explode for no reason, that's your film. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we get into the Crow of Salvation. For some reason, this movie's okay. <laughs> it's direct to video. I did not see a theatrical release like City of Angels did. Um, I was weirdly all in on the media for the Crow of Salvation because I had the poster. Um, which was perks of knowing someone who worked in a video store at the time. Remember those? Yeah. Uh, I had the soundtrack, which weirdly had a pretty good soundtrack. Um, and I uh, eventually had the DVD. And Grove Salvation is Eric Mobius and Christian Dunst. <laughs> really? Yes. Okay. Well, I, right, this is early 2000s. I keep forgetting yeah. that the Crow sequels got made well into the 2000s i'm like that really feels like beyond the yeah, age of uh, goth but and fully into the age of emo <laughs> i was in high school when the last one was made okay <laughs> so salvation um there's corrupt cops so this also works as just the crow all cops are bastards <laughs> could also be a title of it okay and um yeah, uh, no sorted objects in this one. They're all dicks. And for whatever reason, I can't quite remember, they frame Eric Mavius' character, Alex Corvus, 
uh, again, because I don't know if I mentioned it in this version of the recording, but everyone after Eric Draven, their last name is some variant of Crow, but in some other language. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's real on the nose. Um, he's executed via electric chair, but for some reason this electric chair has like an iron mask that goes over it. And that's where he gets his paint from. It leaves like the kind of Pierrot clown lines along his eyes and mouth, kind of. So all his stuff looks kind of brown and burntish, and that's why. <laughs> um, it's a fun thing to watch because his hair wildly changes length throughout the entire movie, and I think it's because he was also filming Cruel Intentions at the time. <laughs> okay. So... <laughs> If not Cruel Intentions, what other movie was Eric Mavius in? Who knows? Um, I think that's it. Could have been some weird sequel to Cruel Intentions. <laughs> anyway. Uh, there is a sequel to Cruel Intentions, yeah, so, but not with. Um, so, overall, this movie's fine. Uh, it's definitely a direct-to-video action movie. Um, again, has a decent soundtrack. And it's got some pretty decent action sequences in it. Um Again, unfortunately, I don't remember why he was framed for murder of his girlfriend, but he sets it right and gets to go back with her. The end. <laughs> um, Apparently, Eric has made his career out of Hallmark movies at this point in time. That makes sense. <laughs> I can see it. He's definitely a Hallmark kind of dude. Let's see. Just to go over it. Sign still delivered. Signed, sealed, delivered for Christmas. Signed, sealed, delivered, Paris with love. Signed, sealed, delivered, truth to be told. Signed, sealed, delivered, impossible dream. Signed, sealed, delivered from the heart. Signed, sealed, delivered, one in a million. Signed, sealed, delivered, lost without you. Signed, sealed, delivered, higher ground. Signed, sealed, delivered, home again. Signed, sealed, delivered, the road less traveled. Signed, sealed, delivered, the altar. Talk about things that shouldn't have been franchises. <laughs> yeah. And finally, welcome to Christmas. So I guess you finally got out of the Sign Seal Deliver franchise there, but yeah. yeah. Yikes, poor guy. Um, so unfortunately, we've reached the Crow Wicked Prayer. I've seen the Crow Wicked Prayer, and I have tried to block it out of my memory, I believe. Um, so do you know who stars in this movie? Uh, No. I'll give you one guess, and you won't get it. My mind says Nicolas Cage, but no. That would have been amazing, but no. It's Eddie Furlong from Terminator <laughs> 2. Okay. <laughs> and he does not look good at this point in time. Um, he looks like a child in the crow face paint. And like... It just doesn't work. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> and also, huh, look. Because this was the early 2000s, guess who else is in this? Uh, Tito Ortiz. Yes, but <laughs> guess who else also? Uh, I know it's somebody, but I don't remember who. David Bornass. Oh, yeah. Angel. Because he was a thing in the early 2000s. Well, he still is a thing, obviously, with Bones, but... yeah. So I want to say this was basically about hillbilly cultists kill uh, Jimmy Cuervo. The worst one yet. Yeah. <laughs> Jimmy Cuervo, a very white man. 
um, with a needlessly <laughs> Spanish last name. Hmm. Um, so let's see. Jimmy Cuervo is a down-on-his-luck ex-con living in a polluted mining town on a reservation that would run him out of town if not for the remainder of his probation. With his time nearly finished, he plans to start a new life with his girlfriend, Lily. Very fitting for Eddie Furlong at the time. Yeah. And he leaves the town for good, but Luck, Cash, Lola Burn, Luck, Cash, and Lola Burn head up a local gang of Satanists who murder Jimmy yeah, and yeah, Lily yeah, yeah, in a brutal, yeah. realistic slaying that they hope will conjure the rebirth of the Antichrist. <laughs> when the legend of the crow returns Jimmy from the dead, Jimmy heads out on a one-man path of vengeance that will lead him to El Nino, the leader of the Beckle gang. <laughs> Ryan, I can't believe I'm about to say this. We should watch this. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm definitely getting that. Like, Also, I'd like to point out, okay. <laughs> Top build cast. One, two, three. So Eddie Furlong is not in the top build cast, but Tara <laughs> Reid is. He is on the front of the movie, but on the IMDb top build cast, Tara Reid is currently... Listed, but Eddie Furlong is not. It's Tara Reid, Tita Ortiz, Marcus Chong, and Yuji Okamoto. When you go to that, he is listed third under David Bornaz and Rose Salgado under the normal. Oh, look, Danny Trejo's in here because... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Why would it? It's currently sitting at a 3 out of 10. That seems high. Uh... <laughs> Let's look at the other ones. So I, uh... I remember being in Arkansas still at the time, and I didn't know about its existence at the time and finding it on the shelves at Walmart. <laughs> Just looking at the cover and being like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> I did eventually see it later on like Sci-Fi Channel back when it was still named that, which seems like the perfect place to have seen it. Um, so... Maybe it's better not on TV, but I really doubt it. <laughs> I mean, The Crow, Antichrist, those things go together, right? Yeah. Simple I was story say, like, of vengeance. I remember this being about like a cult, kind of? Yeah. <laughs> and I did not remember the Satanist angle of it, <laughs> um, which almost puts it in pure flicks category. <laughs> almost. So let's see. Crow, City of Angels has a 4.7. Yeah. Some time ago, Ash, Cor Ash Corvin and his son Danny were killed when they stumbled across a pack of drug dealers murdering a fellow dealer. The dealers work for Los Angeles drug kingpin Judah Earl, local tattoo artist Sarah. Who, local tattoo artist Sarah, who has a great knowledge of the Crow legend because of what happened with her late friend Eric Draven, has been having dreams about Ash and Danny. One night, when the Crow leads her to the scene of the murders, Ash and Danny, Ash appears before her. The crow has resurrected Ash, so Ash can go after Judah and his right-hand man, Curve. With the guidance of the crow, Ash starts killing off Judah's men one by one on his way to Judah. Yeah. That movie's not very good. <laughs> you were talking about him coming out of the water. I'm looking at it right yeah. now. It's a pretty cool scene. I'll give it that. Frick, this movie's yellow. Yeah, that's what I was telling you. It's like the most yellow or red you can possibly imagine. This is bad boy's... <laughs> Is it Bad Boys? It looks like he is coming out of piss. Yeah. Bad Boys 2 <laughs> is the one that... They, Bad Boys 2, is it orange or is it, like, yellow? I remember it being very orange. So, yeah, there's, like, an orange filter on the camera that whole yeah. entire movie. But that's the point. Uh, what is the third Crow one? The Crow of Salvation. I'm eager to find out the rating on this one. 
Because watch it be like the lowest of all. Alright, forgive me real quick. People, don't know if I've ever mentioned it. Dysgraphic can't really spell, so hold on. Salvation. Uh, you need me to help you spell it? I got it. Okay. Text to type. I've come a long way. <laughs> okay. It popped up, luckily. The third alright. 18-year-old Alex Corvus is framed for the murder of his girlfriend, Laurel Randall. 18-year-old? Yeah. Eric Mommy has looked like he was 30 in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> who was stabbed 53 times. Lauren was 18 years old. Three years after the stabbing, 21-year-old Alex is executed. So, I guess technically he's 21. Okay. In electric yeah, chair for him. So, Soon yeah. after the execution, Alex is resurrected by the legendary Crow, so Alex can clean his name and get revenge. Alex follows Crow to the Salt Lake City Police Department evidence room, where he discovers that Lauren was killed by a group of corrupt cops, and Alex believes that one of the killers had an unusual scar on his arm. Alex finds the knife this. that was used on Lauren, and then Alex finds Lauren's grave. Alex also meets with Lauren's sister, Erin, who does not believe who he is, but he tells her that he'll prove it somehow, and then he disappears. Alex finds Tommy Lennard, the man who was paid to lie about Alex at the trial. Tommy tells Alex which cops killed Lauren, Madden, Martin, Toomey, Vince Ehrlich, and Stan Roberts, and Philip Dutton. Alex spares Tommy's life. It was Dutton who handled the investigation of Lauren's death. Alex proves himself to Aaron, and with Aaron's help, sets out to take down the corrupt cops who frame him. That sounds right. Um, I remember the unusual scar being like, I think the guy inserts like metal rod things into his arm for each kill he has. <laughs> okay, so uh, Kirsten Dunst. Yeah. Uh, Victor Zaz thing of marking himself or... So what was the overall rating on this one? The overall rating on this one is 4.9. So, middle of the ground. Alright. That's uh, probably fair. Uh, the original Crow has, I think, only a 7. It is 7.6. Okay. Um, How did it do at the box office? I imagine not well. <laughs> I think because of everything around it that it did relatively okay for the time okay i don't remember the 90s about to say i know that this white is... being a huge movie i mean like it was obviously but i don't remember like the kind of box offices you hear about today yeah know? i'm about to say i know that this is considered cult classic yeah i remember hearing about it in like first grade so okay. it had buzz because people knew that like bruce lee's son was killed on set yeah so um, if you look up a movie, apparently Bruce Lee was cursed, and when he died, the curse transferred to his son. Yeah. And yeah. But, um, something I did spontaneously remember about The Crow Salvation, which I can add in, because our descriptions of these movies were quite sparse, is there's a scene where he does encounter Officer Dutton, who is, he's pulled over, like, some high school girls and is harassing them, and pulls one out of the car and has her, like... He, like, pats her down or whatever, just being a creep. And he's like, I need you to spread your legs so you can, like, search. But he tries to use his baton or whatever. And he's like, I'm going to go run your registration or your license or whatever. And when he comes back, she's gone, and Alex is just sitting in the car. He's like, who are you? He's like, I need you to bend over, Officer Dunn. <laughs> that was pretty good. Yeah. I he also blows him up in that car. <laughs> Did you know, he blow him off while 
shooting him off of a dock for some odd reason. Uh, I want to say it was weirdly similar. I think he did do like a tape the accelerator down, down kind of thing, thing to yeah. him. <laughs> tape the accelerator down with a, a thermite grenade, I imagine, sitting yeah. in his crotch. Yeah, because that's what Top Dollar's gang was doing, was basically like property fraud to try and yeah, they're, gentrify, maybe? They're arsonists, <laughs> and I don't know, they say that... Well, I guess that, they were slumlords. Yeah. It's, it's well, weird. He was. Uh, <laughs> Thunderbird was an arsonist, and I guess they're saying that it's... Uh, Pretty Boy always hypes them up too much, and that's why they yeah. end up being rapists and murderers. So I guess they're just supposed <laughs> to work over Eric and Shelly, that they weren't supposed to kill him, but... Yeah, I think that's an actual line, is that they weren't supposed to kill, kill him. Kill him, yeah. <laughs> they were just supposed to scare well, no, them into selling their property. property. Yeah, he says at the very end they're just supposed to work him out, and then uh, Skank, in his speed rambling, says, It's always pretty boy, pretty boy always works us up too much. But yeah, Thunderbird just says, It's a thing we do. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much it's the best explanation you get out of Thunderbird. Also, I'm curious what would happen... You one, to, you one day want to take a shot and swallow a bullet and see what happens? No, I have enough digestive problems as it is. Um, <laughs> the last thing I need to do is... Uh, swallow heavy metal yeah, object and see what... Fire that out. Yeah. <laughs> that was another random... They don't get kicked out of the bar, because I guess they can't, but yeah, like... Yeah. They all yank out guns at each other and no one kicks yes. them out of the bar. <laughs> <laughs> they give each other the Brazilian greeting from Fast Five. Yes. Um... Yeah, uh, the Crow franchise starts off great, um, then sucks, then gets kind of okay, and then sucks again. <laughs> but David Borealis and Mr. Sign still delivered, I guess. David Borealis, at this time of year, <laughs> located entirely within your kitchen. <laughs> yes. Borealis or something? Yes, Borealis, I think, technically, but I always just said Borealis just to save time. <laughs> Uh, Angel was good for a little bit. Never saw it. I watched some Buffy. I had a Buffy action figure. It was pretty cool. I liked Buffy. I never finished it. Yeah, like I said, same. I was more into Angel. I almost finished all of Angel, though it legendarily doesn't have an ending. But that's probably another story for another podcast. But Yeah. Um... Any other major thoughts? Uh... I think The Crow was the first movie that really, like, made me think ways about stuff <laughs> when I was a teenager and just, like, you know, value people a little more because you never know what could happen, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, there is the romantic, and we haven't really talked about that, side of the tragedy, but it ends, it I begins mean, and ends with the voiceover of the famous, uh, places burn down, Sarah, or places burn down, people die. Things happen, but true love will always live on. Yeah, it's a deeply romantic movie. It's just yeah. framed with a whole lot of violence. <laughs> <laughs> a whole lot of weird violence, yeah. Um, yeah, overall, 10 out of 10, definitely see that movie. If you haven't seen it, what are you doing? Go see that movie right now. It's on Netflix. You have no excuse. It's the perfect yeah. time of year for it. It is. <laughs> definitely go check it out. All right. Again, apologize for the short episode. but Yeah, um... Cutting it short because, well, it would have been longer, but we lost all of our recording, and it's, yeah, it's we would have an hour still and a half stinging. here. <laughs> yeah. But we would we'd have an hour so, five, I believe. But yeah, since we lost the recording, we're sorry. This will be something that we say a lot that we'll revisit, but 
I would say this definitely justifies it because we can bring back a better show. And hey, maybe uh, maybe we'll get brave enough to drink some more of these wild tonic things, which I really thought was going to be terrible. It was actually pretty all right. I drank the whole thing. Yeah. Um, I think about halfway through, and I'll probably finish mine. Maybe we'll uh, we'll watch The Crow, Wicked Prayer. We'll just, maybe we'll burn through the sequels and see what happens. Yeah. One day, just get more of these. No. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right, well, uh, hope you guys have a fun Halloween. Be safe. Um, don't drink and drive because uh, that's kind of the catalyst here. Please don't. <laughs> Please don't. At all. And Pre-order your pizzas. Yes, that too. And, um, yeah, be cool to one another, and please vote in every election. <laughs> uh, real fast, shield them. Oh, yeah. Uh, I made a new design for T-shirts and stickers and stuff. It's very OutRun-inspired. Um, if you like 80s aesthetic at all, it'll be up your alley. Um, I am hoping that it fits within T-Public's parameters because a lot of designs I tend to make, I tend to work with a sticker in mind first because it's the easiest thing for us to make. And those graphics end up being too small for a shirt. So, uh, hopefully that will work just fine and I can get you guys a T-Public link to it. Uh, it will be coming in sticker form very soon. Um, otherwise, yeah, uh, thank you for supporting us. Thank you for listening to us. Please subscribe and review us. We do not have a whole lot of reviews, so it would help, especially on those Apple charts. Um, I know it's very easy to listen to us on Spotify too, so if you can rate us on there, do it. And, yes. uh, Thank you to our patrons uh, for helping us get our recording program back, which I believe makes our show sound a lot nicer than <laughs> they yeah. do on Audacity. <laughs> and, yeah, it uh, definitely does. And I do apologize for that echoing thing last week for the seven minutes. Yeah. Uh, um, it seems I'm getting – I got the hang of it, I think, now. Yeah. So. I, I like to um, say that I feel like, I'm the art mind behind this thing, and Ryan is the rest of the vital organs that actually make it function. <laughs> so, um, as we learn the software, like I really need to get hands on with it and learn some stuff too. Um, since we have the license, I'm thinking about just seeing if I can install it on mine as well yeah. on my laptops in case we ever have a situation like that where I need to stay up and edit. But yeah, um, forgive us for that. It is not something that we intend to have happen again. Um, fortunately, it did not last the whole episode, so it was still a listenable episode. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, thank you guys for listening, and we will catch you again next time on a probably other spooky edition of the Raging Robot Partycast. All right. Bye. Bye.
Don't talk to love the shadows.